Hey guys, this is Eric Vento with Government to Private. We have yet another podcast here with Justin Brown, where we discuss the transition from government to private. And I'm really excited for this session because Justin and I have, have known each other for quite some time. We've never been BFF, you know, but we've known each other. We've connected. We've had a lot of conversations before in the past. And, you know, the purpose of this is, as I've shared in previous podcasts, to really let you get a comprehensive perspective from a lot of different people on their own transition stories and let you understand that it's really possible to transition successfully in a number of different ways. You know, there's not a one-size-fits-all approach, and there's a lot of different ways to be successful out of the government. So without further ado, Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Eric. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure. As you said, you and I have known each other for a while, um, and I definitely leaned on you during my transition, so it's it's a pleasure to be on with you. Absolutely, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful you're here, and I'm glad we could finally uh, have this podcast. So let's go ahead and jump in, brother. So, yeah. you know, you came from the U.S. military, and I'd love to hear a little bit about your background at a high level and specifically, you know, what your last role was before you decided to transition. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot. So I uh, was uh, I was in the army for about 21 years uh, when I decided to retire. Um, uh, my last role, I was uh, stationed out of Fort Hood, and uh, I was working. I'm a all source intelligence analyst, um, working with a unit, and uh, I was the director of their intelligence uh, section there, and uh, had been there for um, a couple of years. Um, you know, I had my Intel career spanned kind of every facet of, uh, you know, combat arms to uh, special operations support to um, uh, to different agencies all over. So I really got kind of a wide range of difference. And uh, my last my last position um, was pretty great and, pre and set me up pretty good um, to give me some time to transition. Uh, so I thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know you're in the army for 20 plus years, and your last role that you were a director of intelligence, you know, for a specific unit, and you know, kind of tell us what your day to day consisted of. So honestly, um, I was running, uh, you know, an office of different uh, intelligence professionals. I, I was uh, senior enlisted, not an officer, so I had some officers enlisted working for me, uh, running day to day supporting because that unit. Um, is kind of constantly forward deployed all over uh, all over the world in different areas doing different things. And so I was running that kind of support day to day, um, running the, you know, the at home kind of operations, but at the same time, prepping all of the um, different sections, teams and units that would be going forward on a rotational basis. So always having to be abreast of different um, kind of Intel operations going on internationally uh, that would affect the th different things that we were doing. Gotcha. Understood. And, you know, during the course of that position, when did you start thinking that it was time to get out and do something different? Man, I'll, I, I can, I can tell you the moment. So like, um, uh, I was actually, so I'm in, so I'm in that role and they needed a senior leader to deploy pretty quickly, um, for a while to go, uh, head up a team, um, out, um, out in Africa and uh, so I went out there and I've been there for a while and doing a uh, team was doing a great job. We're having a great time doing great things. 
And so I'm sitting there, um, sitting there in the middle of Africa. It's been like 20 years or so. And it just kind of, you know, I'd always, you know, heard, you know, you know, it's when you know it's time, it's time. And I did actually back in like 2013, I thought it was time. And I tried to get out of the, I, I was trying to get out of the army at that time. And man, it hit me like a ton of bricks that it was the wrong time. <laughs> I was not getting lucky. And I am really glad I did not make that decision um, because I, I, I wasn't done with the army. I was just tired. And I thought that meant I was tired of the army. No, I was, I was just tired. I needed a break. Um, so I didn't get out, which, which was uh, a great choice that I made, but I'm sitting there in Africa and I, and it just hit me and I knew it was time. And uh, because what, what kind of my thought process was, was I've always been proud of what I did, always been proud of my service, always been proud of the people around me and the people I served um, and served with. Um, but, and, and, and thought I did the best I could do at everything that I tried. And, but it kind of came over me and I was starting to get like frustrated and I was starting to get, I don't know, the, the very beginning stages of maybe jaded a bit on some things, just little things that were starting to eat at me a little bit. And it just kind of came over me, uh, something that, uh, that one of my first leaders ever told me, who said, get out on your terms. Right. And so I thought I would rather get out um, on my terms now when I'm doing great and, and I'm doing good for the people around me, um, rather than stay in longer and become part of the problem. Because there are, there are leaders in the military and the civilian world everywhere that just are there or in a position too long and end up not doing the people around them a lot of justice. And I just didn't want that to be me. And I thought realistically, if I did stay in like, you know, 10 more years, 15 more years, which some people can do incredibly and excellently, I thought that I might get, a, you know, maybe I could be part of the problem. Maybe I would get frustrated with it. And that would show with my leadership and my work. And I didn't want that to, um, to be my story. You're, you're muted. First time that's ever happened. Okay. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> so what, what steps did you start to take to, you know, start that transition process or at least begin the discovery process of what that would look like? Uh, that's a great question because nobody in the military knows anything about getting out of the military because they're in, right? They don't know. Right. So, so asking your peers doesn't really help you. Um, and so, and uh, funny enough, I had, and I'm not, there's no plug for this at all. I'm just telling you what was like helpful was I had heard about um, this platform called LinkedIn, but I didn't, I, but it was what I thought it was like a program that helped you write a resume or something. I wasn't too sure. And I, and so I'm in Africa and I'm like, let me, let me check this out and maybe you can help me write a resume. Um, and so I got on there and I, and, and I started working around and looking around. And I remember when I got 10 connections and I was like, there's no possible way you could get 15 or 20. Like, that's literally impossible to get that many connections. Right. And I don't know that many people. And so, um, so I put in my retirement packet, you know, started up my LinkedIn and I started talking with people. I transitioned back to the States and I started my, uh, my process, but I knew that I couldn't fail this time. Like I was failing before, but what, what was happening before, what was happening before is I was relying on what was told to me, like, Oh, you have a clearance. You're going to be successful. You have some experience. You're going to be successful. Like, but I wasn't making myself marketable. Like I wasn't making, and, and I didn't know why. So I decided to talk to people smarter than me, which is a lot of people and, and, and better than me, people who had been there. And I decided 
where I kind of wanted to go. And I started reaching out and I started asking subject matter experts that were already in the industry, not people trying to go or eventually wanting to go people there right now and saying, Hey, you're already there. What are you, what do people around you, what do they have? What do they need? What do they, what do they come to the table with? You know, when you bring them on board, what certifications, what kind of education, what is needed? Um, and, and, and what do you, you know, and, and starting to have those conversations, I started filling my entire schedule with six to eight conversations a day. I started filling my schedule with networking and not just the people that I thought could help me get a job. People that knew, knew more than me. I reached out to you. We had conversations because you're smarter than me and, and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and, and I needed to know, I needed to know why people and how people failed. I needed to know that. Um, and I needed to know, um, what mistakes, you know, I could potentially run into that I'm not seeing. And I needed, and when you're transitioning out of, you know, government to, to private commercial world, there's so many, so much terminology you're not aware of. There's, there, there's so many things that there's a world that I was unexposed to and I was hidden in my military shell. Um, so it was really just getting exposure to other people um, and reaching out and getting that kind of knowledge and lessons learned from everybody that had already done it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I appreciate you saying that because that's the probably the number one piece of advice that I give everyone outside of, you know, having a good resume and a good profile is, you know, number one thing that you can do that doesn't cost anything except time is conversations with people. And even if their experience or their story doesn't necessarily relate to you, it's still good context. Yeah, because just building a relationship with someone automatically or usually means that you can leverage their network, you know, and yeah. it's like a, it's like a Venn diagram. It's like a rock skipping across the pond, whatever metaphor you want to use for this, you know, the more people that you have in your corner, then that increases the likelihood of you landing a job, getting an intro somewhere, et cetera. And eventually just gaining enough information where you find you kind of feel like, hey, this is what the route that I want to explore, you know, and, you know, that's the biggest one of the biggest things that people who are coming out of the government just don't understand is they're like, well, I'm coming from, you know, a place where everything is so black and white, meaning that I know my job is, I know what I'm getting paid, I know my benefits, I know, you know, a lot of things because, you know, the government is usually, you know, pretty stable, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, usually, obviously. And, you know, you're going to the corporate world that you've heard or maybe you haven't heard a lot of stuff about that is in a lot of ways the opposite of stable. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know, like it could be hard <laughs> to figure out what a job pays. It can be hard to figure out. The benefits, like it'd be hard to figure out, you know, what the day to day actually consists of, you know, sometimes the job description doesn't actually pertain whatsoever to the job in question, you know, and I mean, there's there's so many different ways that we could go on and on about that. But at the end of the day, you're you're kind of take, going from an extremely transparent environment in a lot of ways to a position that it has a lot of gray area attached to it. And you won't really know how much gray area until you get in there. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, when, when you come out of the government and you've been there for a long period of time, you know, take the guys who were lifers, you mm -hmm. know, for example, that's all they've ever known. 
Yeah. You know, and it's, it's ingrained in you. It's a, it's a part of your identity. It's a part of, you know, okay, tomorrow morning at four o'clock, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to have PT, you know, then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, you know, like there's a certain level of comfort and stability with that kind of routine. Um, same thing in law enforcement. And when you go to the corporate world, it's like, okay, well, what is, what is tomorrow going to consist of? You know, how do I ensure that it's something that is challenging? You know, what, what do I need to do to ensure that it's a soft landing? And mm-hmm. as much as talking to people kind of seems like a no brainer, you know, for people like you and I, you know, the, the idea of putting ourselves out there on social media can really seem like you want me to do what? Yeah. 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 You know? And so like, you know, it's really good to have, you know, people like you and other people who are like, so encouraging about please have as many conversations as possible because that's how you're going to gain the knowledge that you need to take the next step. hundred percent. Um, really, I, I know it's, uh, oversaid, but it, it's, it can't be underestimated is your, is your, your network is your net worth. Really. If you look at how the corporate world works nowadays, um, even government contracting, if that's what people want to go into, Everything is a lot about, of course, your experience and what you bring to the table, but it's about who you know and who trusts you and who vouches for you, the conversations that you've had and in what circles. And uh, and, and like you said, if people like you have these conversations and now can support you um, because they realize what your vision is and what you're doing, really, I had to start subscribing to the idea, um, which is pretty powerful, of I am a brand, right, which I never really understood. I am a brand. I need to sell my brand and people need to know what my brand is about. What do I, what am I interested in? What am I looking for? What is my background? Um, what can I do for you and bring to the table? Um, and, and can you trust my brand? Can, and that, that was big to me. And I needed the people that I was speaking with to know exactly where I wanted to go and how to get there a bit and then fine tune that with me and try to help that, um, with their experience level. And the, really the more people I could talk to, the better, because I was a sponge and, and I, and I really needed to understand like, you know, where, where, what their journey was and, and any kind of insight they may have. I was even, um, and and really I've been in for 21 years. I haven't interviewed for a job in over 21 years. (laughs) Like, when I, when I, when I went to it, I was getting a jobs as a kid, you fill out a piece of paper and like, you kind of get a job. It's not a real job. So I don't know what this, I don't know what this life is like anymore. And so I started interviewing for everything. I started interviewing for jobs that I never wanted ever, but I needed to get the practice. I needed to get comfortable. I needed to know what that was like, because I really didn't want my first interview to be that one job that I really, really wanted. I wanted me to be prepared. I wanted me to be comfortable. I wanted to know those questions and already know my answers. And so I can make that interview a conversation instead of an interrogation. And yeah. you're only gonna get there by doing off, you know, for me, because I, I don't learn things very easily, I need to get hit in the head a lot, <laughs> is I needed repetition. I needed, I needed to get knocked down, yeah. you know? I even, you know, I take that one step further and I tell people, I'm extremely happy where I am. I love my full-time job. And if you want to know what I do, feel free to go to LinkedIn, check it out. I'm not going to say it on here, but I love it. It's a great job. I'm super happy there. I hope to be there as long as the good Lord lets me be there, you know, but, but 
I am always interviewing, always. If someone reaches out to me and says, hey, I think you'd be a good fit for that, unless it's something that I have zero experience in, which seems to happen a lot nowadays for some reason, I interview all the time because Mm -hmm. you never know. Like, and I've, I've been there. I've been laid off four times in my career. And once in four, four times is about four times too many, Yeah, you know, but you can have a great job. You can have a great boss. You can think that everything is going fine, but the needs of the business dictate who gets laid off and who does not, you know, and sometimes regardless of how much money you're bringing in or how much risk you're mitigating or whatever value that you're bringing the company, sometimes your position is going to be made redundant. And at that point in time, I would rather have maybe some irons in the fire that I can, you know, get going again, so to speak, rather than starting from ground zero, you know, and um, that's a bit of a counterproductive thing to a lot of people. Yeah, You know, um, because they're like, well, why would you interview if you're happy? And it's because of the instability in the private sector, you know, yeah. like um, and but it's also a good way just to keep in practice with interviewing, because even though I do a lot of interview preparation and mock interviews for people mm-hmm. who are needing that assistance, it's a really good way for me to maintain those skills, because let's face it. I mean, if you're not using it, you're losing it. Right. No, I, I love that. And it's something, it's something not only do I tell everybody that I come into contact with, believe it or not, even as the director, the, the head of my company, I tell my employees that they come to me and they say, Hey, I got this uh, company that reached out. And I said, and I always say the same thing. It never hurts to have a conversation. Yeah. It doesn't. What does that yeah. hurt? to have a conversation because what if you turn that conversation down? You don't know what it is. And so I will always have a conversation with anybody. It doesn't mean that I'm not loyal or not willing to, you know, put it in and stay where I'm at because I am definitely that person that is loyal and hardworking and, and, and want to continue growing what I've built and, and those around me. But um, I tell everybody to have the conversation. Conversations are how we learn and you never know what something is. You know, you can't know anything about it until you have that conversation. So yep. um, I, I fully believe in that. And, and like you said, it's uh, companies are going to do what companies are going to do on the outside and regardless of you or I, or anybody. And, and that's okay. That's business. Um, it, it, it's not show friends, it's show business. And so, uh, and that's okay, but that works on the adverse side of employees as well. Not just top down, it's bottom up for everybody else should be looking out for their interests, just like a business is looking out for their own. Right. Um, and if you do it correctly, if you do it right, then when people go have those conversations, they realize they're perfectly happy and they love where they're at. Yeah. And a lot of times, like you can have that conversation and then you're like, hey, you know what? After further you know, consideration, I'm not interested, but I do know a great fit. And here it is. There you go. You know, um, or at the very least, you're building a relationship that you don't know what could happen down the road. Yep. You know, and so like you said, it's um, it's just a good way to stay in practice. Yeah. You know, I our world is smaller than we think and burnt bridges don't get rebuilt very easily. And so. 
I, when people reach out to me with like an opportunity, I'm very appreciative that they thought of me. That's great. I may not, it may not be the best fit, the right time or really what I'm looking for, but it really might be somebody. I have a large network of people. It really could be somebody and you do it all the time. You do it all the time that people are like, Oh, I've got this position and you're hyperlinking everybody's name that you know is in the area or in that industry you do it. And you've been doing it forever. Um, and I've been hooked and, and I'll send people like, Hey, I got this. You know, it's not great for me, but this person, it would be great for and link them together. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, I, I mean, I may be like the minority here and obviously I can only speak for myself, but I feel like it's so easy. You know, yeah. like if you, if you know of someone who's looking for a job and you know, kind of what they're looking for, where they are, you know, what their background is, you know, it's one of the reasons why I always encourage my clients or anyone that I talk to, to have their green banner up. You know, yeah. if they're if they're looking for a job, because, you know, there's a lot of like talk on LinkedIn about what oh, makes you look desperate. Well, I am desperate for a job, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like I can't tell you how many times that I'm scrolling through LinkedIn. I see a green banner and then 10 or 15 clicks later, I see a job that is perfect for them, yeah. you know, and I can tag them on it. I can message it to them but I never would have known they were interested had it not been for that green banner, mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, at the end of the day, it's a visibility thing, you know? And if you see a job on LinkedIn and you know of someone in your network who's looking or someone in your, in your, on your page or within your friend list or something like that, that's looking for a job, it takes two seconds to tag them, you yep. know, and you never know what could come out of it. I've had, probably six or seven people in the last year who have reached out and said, Hey, remember that job that you tagged me on? I got that job. Wow. You know, and it's just yeah. like, it's like, you know, I'm, I, it's, I don't say that for any other reason than to say we have unique responsibilities, Yeah. you know, and we can either be as engaged or right. as aloof as, as possible, but putting those, like taking those actions, can lead to some very real world impacts for people, you know? And, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a lot of work, obviously, yeah. you know, but, you know, like I, I've been unemployed before, I've been laid off and I've had a lot of people help me. Yeah. And, you know, not only is it a, a question of paying it forward, but it's also a question of, well, if I was in that position, would I want someone tagging my name there? Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, if it, it literally it takes it, hit the app button, type their name, done. You know, if nothing comes out of it, not your fault, you know, but you, remember, you're given the opportunity. I remember not too long ago, you were hitting the app button with my name. <laughs> so like, um, and, uh, and, and uh, I'm a true believer in that because a lot of people, you know, you can hear it, but believe it or not, there's no such thing as, you know, there's no such thing as a self-made man or woman, self-made individual. Like, oh, I got here on my own and nobody helped mm -hmm. me. That's that's not true. That's not true. I know that I kind of thought that way when I was younger, but that's not true. I got here because somebody gave me a chance. Somebody believed yeah. me. Somebody trusted me. Somebody, uh, you know, helped me out uh, when maybe they shouldn't have, or maybe they trusted me when they shouldn't, or they didn't know they could yet. Um, and somebody did that, which enabled me to then show them that they were right, that they made a good choice. And yeah, I had to do that and prove that. 
but I couldn't be able to do it if somebody didn't hand me that kind of opportunity to be able to do so. Um, and so if, if we can go ahead and do that for, for others is it doesn't mean we have to, you know, anybody needs to benefit off of it, you know, link people up for internships coming out of the government, try to try to source that, help them with their, help them with their resume if they need it, help them with their LinkedIn, help them with an interview skill, link them with somebody that, you know, maybe I don't have a job for you or this guy doesn't, but I know a person, you know, I know this industry is looking because it doesn't hurt any of us to have others succeed. That doesn't. Yeah. You know? I tell, I tell people all the time that, you can be extremely successful in your own right. You can make millions of dollars. You can be, you know, world renowned, but you'll never be as successful as your as the people that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. You know, and I probably didn't say that right, but what I meant to say was that you will never be as successful as as when you're working within a group, as when you're involving others in your journey. You know, because you know, there's that saying, no man is an island. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I can be really successful by myself, but it's only when we involve others in our journey and our story and we allow them to inject their own value and their own personality and their skill sets. And we kind of swallow our pride and we suck down our ego and we say, okay, how can you contribute to my story? You know, yeah. that it becomes a truly comprehensive and enriching, you know, journey. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I I tell my people, I've been saying it ever since I became a junior leader in the military and I had no clue what I was doing and I probably still don't, but, um, <laughs> but it is, I would always say the same thing is I love working as a, as a group and as a team. Why? Because me by myself, I'm a moron. I, I got nothing really going on up here. Um, but when I surround myself with really great, smart people, that IQ is the accumulative of a genius level you know, the more people you have around you to contribute to a problem set or to think forward and to value what they have and what they bring to the table, the better off you're going to be. We don't get there alone and we're not going to. And so, um, and I really try to embody that. This it's, it's, uh, it's something that I said to every leader that I had above me in the military and everything I say to leaders above me now and the people that, that work, you know, work around me and for me is I say, I don't, I would tell them, um, I don't want to work for you. I will never work for you. I will work with you. Yeah. And that's a powerful difference because if I work for you, I'm just waiting for the next, next task. I'm going to, I'm going to do it, you know, mediocre, however you told me just so I can get it done. And, but if I work with you, no, we have the same goals. We have the same passion. We have the same mindset and we're going to work on that problem together. I don't want anybody to work for me and I don't want to work for anybody. I think people should work with you on your common goal and your priorities and requirements. Yeah, absolutely. So I could talk about this the rest of the night, yeah, you know, yeah. but unfortunately neither of us have time for that. So, you know, as we approach kind of the end, you know, beyond what we've already discussed, what advice would you give to people who are in the transition process now or considering that process? Man, you, and again, this is not a, 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 an advertisement to beat the drum for it, but you have, it, people have got to get on LinkedIn now. Like, honestly, there was nothing more quintessential to my success in my transition than getting on LinkedIn and building my network and scheduling conversations. And, and believe me, everybody on LinkedIn wants to have a conversation with you. 
for free just to talk to you. They do. And um, get on there and start talking to people in the industry you want to be in, that you want to be in. Start getting their advice immediately. You cannot start too soon. Like if you start two years before your transition, you've already almost started late. Not, don't be discouraged, you, you, but you can, but start, start now yeah. and build that and build your brand. Start and figure out what certifications you don't know about that that next job really looks up on or may require that you had no idea that existed. Um, and then go get those to set you up um, better so you can just come right, slide right in to that job, hopefully, because you've already networked and talked with and those people know you and your brand by the time you go apply. Absolutely, brother. Preach, preach, preach. Yeah. So as we finish up, brother, I want to make sure you have a time to, you know, present your plug about, you know, where you work and what you do and that course that you guys just created that you happen to be, you know, featured on, you know, recently. So knock yourself out, brother. Let's, let's hear it. Yeah. First and foremost, I want to tell everybody uh, that listens and sees this is um, uh, government to private podcast. I'm really serious uh, about supporting veterans. Um, and getting them into the commercial workforce. So right now, currently, I just launched it. I have a brand new job open in Fayetteville, North Carolina that I am hiring for right now, hiring veterans right now in Fayetteville, North Carolina. It's for a senior open source intelligence instructor, full-time position in North Carolina right now. Um, so if you are looking for a job and you got that green halo around you, well, I have one. If you if you have experience with open source intelligence or any kind of instruction method, I'm hiring right now. Um, and so my my company is Echo Analytics Group based out of Tampa, Florida, and we have a branch in North Carolina as well. And we are an open source intelligence company that focuses on open source operations. So I've got a team of analysts doing actual um, open source intelligence um, and publicly available information research for a wide variety of worldwide commercial clients. And then we also have our academy where we do uh, open source intelligence instruction. Uh, we have in-person, on-demand, virtual uh, course and virtual courses where we teach not only commercial clients and fusion cells and analysts and investigators and journalists how to be better at their open source research uh, from the beginning to the advanced levels, but we also have a host of Department of Defense courses uh, where we work with digital, um, with digital reconnaissance. Uh, we work with all kinds of managing attributions to the, to the beginning to the fundamental or uh, for the fundamentals to advanced levels of open source intelligence. Um, and we service and work with uh, worldwide clients uh, in that venue. Um, what Eric's referencing is I was on the Tampa Bay Morning News Show because we were part of a international uh, counter human trafficking conference. And we just launched our in-person one of a kind uh, counter human trafficking, uh, uh, open source for counter human trafficking trafficking investigations course, course, which really doesn't exist um, elsewhere. And we uh, we're launching that now. And, uh, and if anybody is an investigator in or in a nonprofit or law enforcement that deals with uh, counter human trafficking, just by mentioning that you saw me on government to private podcast, I'll give you $300 off the price of the course uh, if you want to attend it. And all of our courses are nationally certified. Awesome. Awesome. You know, that, that course, super interesting now i'm not just saying that i mean like that sounds really fun to me as well and um 
really appreciate, you know, what you do and, you know, um, you know, at the end of the day, we all, we all want to work for a job that we feel like really challenges us and really provides a lot of value. And a lot of us obviously don't have that. We don't have that choice, you know, but if we do have a choice, we want to work for a good leader. We want to work for a job or a, or a company that really values what we do and that we get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And, and it definitely seems like that job is that for you, you know, and uh, you know, I, I see your post on LinkedIn and obviously I've, I've seen quite a few of, 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 you know, your, your recordings, especially lately with the new course. And I'm just really happy that it seems to be a good, a good spot for you. Thanks. It's, it's not without struggle. It's not without pain. It's not without fires and holes in the raft. Um, but nothing, nothing is, and it wouldn't be great if, uh, if it was that easy. So, um, because coming out of law enforcement, like you coming out of the military, you know, every once in a while we enjoy a good fight. So, um, but, but yes, I do, I do enjoy it and more and more so than anything, it's the people that I work with and the people that I work for that that's, that's what makes it the people to your left and right are really what make the day to day, um, enjoyable, honestly. Amen, Justin. Well, thank you so much for, for being on this podcast. And I really hope that if you're listening, that you get a lot of enjoyment out of it. If you if you feel if you want to, feel free to reach out to Justin personally, leave a comment. You know, um, we we do this for you, we do this for the listeners, and even if it helps one person, it's worth it. So Justin, thanks again, and I hope you have a good night. Yeah, I I forgot if they do want to take that course and uh, get um get a deal because they saw it on here. Uh, they have to email my uh, training info at echoanalyticsgroup.com and uh, let me. There we go. I'll make sure to include so that on much. the post, brother. It was a pleasure. I will always be one of your biggest fans, and, and uh, as you always have supported me, so I really appreciate it. And uh, I love to be back anytime, but I'm sure uh, I probably won't get the invite. <laughs> whatever man we'll chat soon thank you so all much right. and have a good all night right, guys all right be safe